This podcast contains themes that are unsuitable for younger listeners and parental guidance is advised. We're en route to rendezvous with the uh, Grace Fleet, the full Grace Fleet. They've got every single one of their ships ready for the battle. I was pretty on edge at this point because this would be the battle. The battle that will go down in history. Whoever wins, whoever loses, it will be remembered. No one else has ever, ever taken on the Anunnaki in this kind of way before, ever. The Greys have every single one of their ships come into the rendezvous point. And when I say every single one, we've got everything from their, their starfighters, their frigates, even their cargo ships all fitted out with weapons. Anything that has an engine and a body just got overloaded with weapons because they just knew that they're going to take heavy losses, massive casualties, and they needed everything that they physically had to do this so everyone could pull it off. But first, we had to get aboard the Dyson Sphere. The Dyson Sphere, which is everyone's worst nightmare. It's the biggest weapon ever conceived. Yeah, it's designed to draw power from the sun, but they modified it so it can jump into different locations. And that's what the Greys feared the most. They could jump the Dyson Sphere over the Greys' home star and then launch a massive attack. And the Anunnaki's army that they've been building over tens of thousands of years would just unleash pure hell. The planet Earth fell within minutes and that was using a fraction of their fleet. And you can imagine how ferocious a battle between two equally advanced nations, although one didn't arm up as best as the other. One built ships, the other conquered and stole people and developed their technology. So they didn't even need ships. They invented the hypergates so they can get through hyperspace a lot faster than anyone else. And then using the same technology, they managed to bastardize and twist it so you don't even need to transport anywhere. It will just instantaneously jump you because you've got that much power, the power from a star. And that is exactly the reason why the Greys feared the Anunnaki. And they needed people like me and Chi Chi and the old man and Anna and Josh because we were prepared to go as far as needed to get this job done, no matter what the cost. And the Greys, they're more of a reserved race, but they were desperate. I looked at the view screen from the bridge of the Bounty and all I could see were ships. Ship after ship after ship. There's more ships and I could see stars and there's still more ships coming. So guys, you're up for the mission then? The old man nodded. So did Anna. Yeah, good, good. So um, when are the scientists coming on board? What scientists? I said, um, Elvis, did you know of, the, of this? No, I did not. Said Elvis. Well, we knew that Frank was going to join us, but what about the scientists? What scientists? Yeah, um, we were briefed that they're going to bring the scientists onto the bounty and we're going to get them to uh, start operating the uh, Anunnaki computers once we've uh, found the control room. And when it comes to the executing the plan, they'll be dealing with it whilst we fight everyone off. Well, that does make sense, I said. What about you, Elvis? What do you think? Yeah, that does make sense. And um, 
I'm guessing someone will be staying with me uh, now whilst the ship's cloaked. I guess we're gonna have to wait until these scientists come along, Elvis. And hopefully we've got more manpower for you to guard the ship whilst it's uh, cloaked. Hopefully it doesn't get discovered. I hope so too. A few hours later, we received a hail from another ship. It was Frank. Hello, Frank, I said. Hello, Emily, he said back. Right, we're ready to beam across. What do you mean by we? I said, I thought it was just going to be you coming along. Well, the bigwig said that we should have the uh, scientists come along with us because then uh, they can sully their hands with the computers that we don't really understand and they should be able to pick it up a lot faster than any of us and we get to deal with a good old killing. I'm liking that, I said, but it would, it would have been nice if we got told in advance. Yeah, it was a bit of a last minute change. Uh, the bigwig said that we had to do it this way uh, a few hours ago. Only a few hours ago. Okay, no, no, no worries, Frank, no worries, Frank. So, um, yeah, we'll uh, get ready to receive you. Elvis locked onto the ship's coordinates and beamed Frank and three scientists across. Hello, guys. Right, so let's introduce yourselves to us, shall we, I said. Frank came up to me and said, Right, they're all a bit shy because they're more dedicated to using their brain power for science rather than talking. But this one here, that's Larry. That one over here is Barry and that one's Mo. Chi Chi began to laugh her ass off. What's so funny? I said, you don't get why that's funny. Larry, Barry and Mo, she said. No, no, I don't understand. Why, why is that hilarious? The Three Stooges, she said. What do you mean the Three Stooges? What the, what the hell is the Three Stooges? Chi Chi come over to me with Anna. Well, pretend that we're the Three Stooges. Yes, I said. Chi Chi slapped me. Then Anna uh, slapped me again right on the other side. And then I, I instinctively uh, went to punch uh, Anna in the face. That's the Three Stooges. What? It's slapstick humour. It came from your planet. It was, a car, it was a TV show and they even made a movie out of it. How do you know these things, I said. It's becoming a reoccurring theme. How is it they know Earth, TV and pop culture more than me? But then Chi Chi just smiled. So did Anna. Yes, you guys got bribed with our TV whilst we were getting ransacked. Okay, I, I get it, I get it. Right, so Larry, Barry and Moe. Interesting uh, choice, really. Well, there are three of them, said Frank. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. So who came up with that idea? It was me, said Frank. Oh, nice, nice. Okay, no worries. So we're all ready. Are we ready? Are we a go for this mission? Let's find out from the fleet, shall we? Said Frank. Alvis, patch me through. Alvis pressed a couple of buttons. Are we ready to execute the plan? There was a one-word answer flashed up on the screen. Yes. Oh, they could have fucking said something, I said. Well, don't even worry about that, said the man in black. We'll just get ready to go, yeah? Let's go. Let's go, 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 go. Chi-Chi engaged the cloaking device and then hit the hyperdrive to the coordinates set. We launched off in high speed, followed by the rest of the fleet, and all you could see was ship after ship after ship after ship after ship entering hyperspace. This would have looked amazing from the outside but all we could see what was around us uh, on our view screen as we saw multiple ships in hyperspace although they couldn't see us because our cloak was engaged. We were only in hyperspace for a few hours and then we appeared where we needed to be deep in Anunnaki territory and we saw it. As we slowed down we saw it. Dyson sphere surrounding Nibiru's sun. Wow, I have to say that was impressive. 
it was really goddamn impressive. Watching the north to south ring, inner ring rotating, as well as the east to west outer ring rotating, it looked really impressive. And it looks as though they're doing a test run. Oh shit, are we too late? No, said Elvis. I'm not detecting that much of a power build up. Okay, okay, that's good. So, where's the fleet? And as I said, that all the fleet appeared ship by ship by ship by ship and they started to launch their attack on the Dyson Sphere. Lasers and cannons and missiles going off everywhere. Inbound to the uh, Dyson Sphere, outbound back towards the fleet and there's explosions everywhere and you can see that the shields from the Dyson Sphere just reacting to all this heavy fire and then out came a load of fighter ships. Ship after ship after ship started to appear from the Dyson Sphere. They were in a fully locked battle with the Greys fleet. And the Greys are taking losses as well as the Anunnaki. They were losing ship after ship after ship. And there we were, just waiting, waiting for a damaged ship. We saw one crippled ship that was absolutely robbed of power. No shields left, nothing. We signaled to the fleet that, that this would be our ship. So someone had to fire upon that ship one last time on minimum power but to give it the impression that they're still being attacked. As this grey ship fired upon this crippled Anunnaki ship, Chi Chi landed and attached our magnetic grapples to it. There we were, silent running, everything powered down, nothing we can do now until we got towed in. And then at that point, the grey fleet all entered hyperspace and left. The Anunnaki fleet must have thought that they were getting probed for weaknesses on their Dyson Sphere. So a lot of the ships gave the Greys chase and pursued them wherever the Greys set their hyperdrives to. We were just there, adrift, attached to this damaged Anunnaki vessel because there was no way in past their shields. Not even with the beaming technology could we get through their shields which are constantly on because they had power directly from the sun and they had no power limitations where shields normally would only be switched on when you need them because they are very power intensive. When you've just harnessed the power of a star that is no longer a problem. We were adrift for a couple of hours until a salvage ship came from the Anunnaki fleet and began to tow this decimated ship back into the Dyson Sphere awaiting for repair. It was massive. I remember as a boy watching Star Wars A New Hope when the Millennium Falcon got drawn into this massive, massive space station the size of a moon. And this was massive. This dwarfed that. Even though that was an illusion created by cinema, this was not, but it had the same daunting feeling. This mega structure was massive. It surrounded this sun, not fully, just two rings, an inner ring and an outer ring. But these rings were massive. They were easily as wide as a continent. I wonder why it took tens of thousands of years to build that and God knows how many slaves from how many different fucking worlds. And not only that, to man it as well. Imagine manning that, that just costs manpower and manpower and manpower. Hence why you have to create different races to do different things. You bastards. We went for a set of landing bay doors and tractor beamed down and there we were sat on top of this crippled spacecraft and no one had noticed. No one. We weren't producing any heat signature or any radiation signature and we were all staying pretty goddamn quiet so no one would notice us. And no one did. The surviving crew from the crippled ship that we piggybacked onto 
they all left. One of the repair crew just got his gloves and threw it on the floor and muttered to himself. I assumed that, yeah, he's probably like, now I've got to fucking do overtime to repair this piece of shit. That's the kind of uh, attitude that this guy had. And there we were, left alone. The hangar bay's lights were all shut down and we were on our own, still cloaked, still quiet. Okay, said Elvis. Let's split into our different teams then. We need to beam across to these certain locations and plant explosives. Right, so what are the teams then? The man in black. Don't mind, I said, right, well, we'll be in teams of three. So if me, Anna and Josh go together as team one, you, Chi Chi and uh, Frank are uh, team two, and a scientist is just going to hang by until we've planted the explosive, and then we'll get to that control room, and then we're going to seize it, and then that's the plan gone, yeah? Okay, let's saddle up with the bags of bombs then, I said. So there we were, all of us carrying rucksacks full of high-yield nuclear explosives. I've never once felt until today like I had so much power on me. How many bombs do we have in our bags? Well, Team 1 and Team 2 have uh, 8 different places to be. So uh, once you place your bombs, radio to Elvis and Elvis will beam you to the next place. Yeah? Yeah, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Okay, let's do it. So Elvis beamed Team 1 and Team 2 to their first location. We materialised in this massive compartment. I looked around. Wow. What do you think of that, Gigi? Well. That's like the size of a skyscraper. This room is massive. Right, Frank, where do you think we should put the bombs then? Well, I think, judging by that, you've got a massive support there. Oh, that one second. What's your computer say? Oh, that is a good point. I pushed my uh, rest computer and it showed the schematic of our area. There we go, said Frank. You want to do it on the inner wall of the hull? So starboard side, because that's the smallest side compared to starboard. So you want the most damage there, so it'll cause more stress fractures. Okay, right. There we go. Keep an eye out, guys. Yeah, we are keeping an eye out. There's no one here. It's a dark room that's the size of a fucking skyscraper. Yeah, good point. I got my bomb out and I uh, attached it to the wall. There we go. And I pressed the arm button. Let's hope that Elvis doesn't fucking set it off whilst we're here because that's not going to be good. We've got a long fucking way to go. I pushed the button on my wristband. Elvis, team two's first bomb is placed. Send us to the next room. And within a flash, we appeared in a similar room in exactly the same place. And yet again, it was deserted. It's the size of a skyscraper and we could have been in the same room. The only difference was there was no bomb in front of me. Okay, right, let's place the next one. This is fucking easy work, easy money. Yeah, I don't get too cocky, said Chi Chi. You can't get too cocky. Yeah, I know, I know, sweetheart. Look, let's do this. A radio feed to Elvis. Let's do it. And we appeared in the next room, yet again, identical. And we kept doing this until our quota was done. Okay, Elvis, we're ready, mate. And we're ready to come back to the ship. And then we'll wait for the other team. Oh, they're already done, said Elvis. They're already done. Oh, fucking sweet. Well, there we go. Beam us back to the bounty and uh, we get ready to do the main assault onto the control room. We've been back to the bounty and still no one had detected us. Brilliant. So all my bombs are set. Yeah, no shit, said Josh. Of course they're done or you won't be here. Okay, okay, Josh. Come on, don't need to be like that. Yeah, sorry, I'm a bit on edge. 
Yeah, I know, mate. We all are. Okay, right. So, Larry, Barry, and Mo, are you ready to do this? And we're going to be covering you. Well, say something. Give us an indication that you're ready. They're ready, said Frank. Don't worry about them. They're ready. Okay, right. Beam us across, Elvis. We beamed into this control room. It wasn't that big a room, to be honest, compared to the other rooms that we've just been in. It was quite a small room. I suppose the control room didn't have to be that big. It just had to be able to control the uh, main systems, such as being able to jump. A few Anunnaki soldiers and scientists, they all looked at us like, did you really just appear? Kind of look. And, uh, and as they looked at us, we all got our guns out and started executing every single one of them. They were all dead within seconds, and yet there was no alarm. We caught them with their pants down okay right seal the fucking doors guys larry barry and mo get fucking cracking seal those doors and we're just gonna keep you going they didn't say anything and but they went straight over to the anunnaki computers and started hammering through keyboard strokes faster than i've ever seen before they're using their telekinesis to control the computers to go in and just poke at everything one of them pushed a button and for the first time i heard larry speak Elvis open a com link and that was it nothing else he just told Elvis to open a com link and he did and they started streaming data hopefully the bouncy had a large enough hard drive that I couldn't tell you I just didn't know how big the computer servers were to be honest I never even saw them on the ship not even before the refit and definitely not after the refit Mo just turned around and said to everybody hang on we're about to jump in five four three two one and we jumped thank you for listening please come back next week for the next episode if you've enjoyed this podcast why not check out our other podcast a tribute to men that hate their jobs which is a brutal but witty portrayal of working a job you hate in this podcast there are themes explored in which happy workers simply wouldn't understand unless they listen to these cautionary tales from a man that lost his ideal job because of the global pandemic. Be warned that this podcast contains strong and offensive language that some listeners may not want to hear. In addition, this podcast is not recommended for younger audiences. All our podcasts are available on YouTube. Just search for the Master X Media podcast channel. In addition, you can also find our podcasts on Amazon Music, Red Circle Podcasts, Stitcher and Spotify. We also have another YouTube channel called The X Review. This is a review and reaction channel. Not only is it on YouTube, but it is also on Brand YouTube, BitChute and Rumble. You can also find us on Facebook, Gab, Twitter and Parlour. All the links are in the description below.